Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Solomon. If you found yourself here, it means you are ready to unleash the powerful visionary that lives inside you, turning you into an authentic leader who creates influence, impact, and change. Let's get started. Hi, Kendra. Julie, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy you're here, and I'm happy that we've gotten to know each other a little bit more over the last couple of months because we were connected through, I think, our publishing house. Yeah. Uh, And of course, I already knew of you from your first book, and now you have this amazingness that's now out into the world. Choose your story, change your life, silence your inner critic, and rewrite your life from the inside out. Bam! Boom. Boom. No big deal. (laughs) And I think, I think 2022, like we are ready for, we are ready for this. Like it is, it's time. It's time to silence all the other nonsense and go forward. This is it. Yes, it is. And so Kendra, for those who have been living under a bridge, um, can you (laughs) share a little bit about who you are and what led you to this? And I'm pointing to your book to this place. Yeah. So I, my entire expertise, my passion, my curiosity um, is storytelling and the role that stories play in our life, both from a business perspective and from a personal perspective. So I told my first story when I was 11, it was an assignment for fifth grade to a room full of third graders and saw in that moment, you know, so sometimes a career finds you Sometimes you find a career, sometimes a career finds you. So that was definitely just one of those like light bulb moments. And ever since then, A, I've used stories in my life, but B, have studied them. And so my first, and really what it came down to, Julie, is I was going to storytelling festivals. I'm taught like, like things that most people, like my friends were going, doing their thing or playing video games or whatever. And I was going to storytelling conferences and festivals. So so it was definitely a different path. Um, But after all of this work from decades of growing up and, and studying stories, realizing that it's such an, even though it's a bit of a buzzword now, it's such an untapped resource and people People do it wrong outwardly and they understand it incorrectly inwardly. So that's that's what I do now is help people harness the power of their stories and in this particular book for themselves to move their lives forward. Hey, it is Julie here and I want to invite you to shine. Shine is my premier network and six-month program for leaders who are ready to accelerate their impact, grow their influential network and create iconic success. Now, it's no secret that impact, influence, and exposure is exactly what's needed to create massive brand recognition and profit. And that's what we make happen inside Shine. My mission is simple, to help you become known as the absolute best in your industry. Everyone knows that my secret weapon is my unique ability to connect the right people together, and those connections create maximum results. And I want to do the same for you. You know what they say, success is all in who you know and who you surround yourself with, so let's make sure you're doing it the right way. If you're ready to become an icon in your industry and grow your impact, shine is for you. Head to juliesolomon.net slash shine to get your exclusive invitation. Again, that's juliesolomon.net slash shine. 
And you had a, a book. This is your second book. So yeah. you had a book come out a couple of years ago called Stories That Stick that was a massive success. I'm sure a lot of our listeners have read the book. They have it. What is the extension of, or, or what, what are we going to find within Choose Your Story, Change Your Life that is going to really continue us along the path mm-hmm. of stories that stick left off? So stories that stick was all about outward stories, so stories in business, how we can use our stories in sales, marketing, personal branding, leadership. And honestly, I thought the next book I was going to write was going to be a deeper dive about um, the stories that leaders should and shouldn't tell. That's the direction I thought I was going to still focus in that outward storytelling Um vain. But then it became very clear to me as, you know, a big part of what I do is speak for different audiences. And, and in the, in my keynote messages, I always included just this little note at the end that was like, Hey, there's another really important story. And that is the story that you tell yourself. And I told the story about a limiting belief that I had and a story that I chose to tell myself anytime I felt that belief creeping in and maybe holding me back. Um, the story I would tell myself to get over that limiting belief and onward, over and onward. And the response that I would get afterwards was always about that story and that message. And that's what really got me thinking that maybe this is this is the extension, is you can only be so good at telling your outward stories if you don't have a good handle on what's happening in your own head. And the more I looked into it, the more I started the research, the more it was clear that this was the direction to go. So stories that stick, getting really great at the outward stories, choose your story, change your life is all about the inner stories and, and how, to, how to manage them, choose better ones. Well, you, you and I have something in common. And when I was reading the book, I was like, I think we probably have a lot of things in common. But... I think so. <laughs> But this specific thing, and you started off in the introduction, our love for Dorothy and uh, yeah. when I was a little girl, I had, I had a VCR tape and one side was, was Wizard of Oz and one side was Annie. And mm-hmm. I played them over and over and over and over again. And I, you know, at the time I didn't, I didn't know why I was so fascinated by Dorothy and the story and what it meant and the magic in it. And reading your book, it, it even revealed to me more of that. And I love how we have this metaphor and I want you to kind of walk us through this of the yellow brick brick road and finding that. And, you know, even Dorothy had a story that she told herself. Exactly. And, and, you know, kind of the hero's journey that she went through. So walk us through a little bit of that and why you chose for that to kind of be this underlining metaphor of of the book. It it really, uh, I've always been, I love Dorothy. I love the Wizard of Oz for so many reasons. I love the shoes. I love the road. I love the Emerald City. And, And those really were kind of the three big components as it's just this, I, many times in my life, I, I've thought about Dorothy, which again, I don't know, maybe it's a child being a child of the eighties. That was, that was, I remember they would set aside, it played on the television like once a year and it was the wizard of Oz night. And we would like set aside the night to watch the wizard of Oz. But ultimately, even as adults, we have this idea of the Emerald city and, and whether it's one big idea or the Emerald city in this area of your life and this area of your life, this area of your life, this destiny, this place that you feel called to this place that you believe you should go that has the answers. 
um, that's the place you want to be. And even as a kid, and certainly now, I think as adults, um, we also know that the way to get there is through a yellow brick road. And so as a child, I was always looking for this yellow brick road, like behind bushes or trying to see, like I would see like little yellow bricks on a sidewalk somewhere and be like, oh, there it is. Um, and I was actually at a community theater production where, and I tell the story in the book, but they kind of left out the yellow brick road. They just didn't. And I was so upset about this. I'm like, how, how is Dorothy going to get to the Emerald city? I was offended because I strongly identified with Dorothy. I was like five years old, but I knew there was an Emerald city. How was I supposed to get there without this yellow brick road? And my mother, of course, called me down and said, you know, you real life Dorothy's have to create the yellow brick road as they go. And it was, I was mad about that because it seemed like a lot of work, but really where this metaphor comes together in this book is realizing what the yellow brick road is made of. And it isn't made of bricks. It is, if you, if you have a destination in mind, a place you want to get to, and you feel stuck, you're not sure how to get there. Maybe you can't find the yellow brick road or it's so overgrown. The bricks of any of our roads are the, are the stories, right? They're, they're the stories that move us forward. They're the stories that make us believe in ourselves. They're the stories of the times where we overcame a challenge. We can take that story and lay it in front of our feet right here and move us toward whatever it is that we seek. Now, the problem is we often don't do that where we're caught in a negative story loop. And so we just end up going in circles and then we never get there. We get fall asleep in the poppy fields or get carried off by, you know, um, flying monkeys, whatever it is. So to see that our stories is the road that can get us where we want to go, it became so very clear to me. And then the final thing, which I don't think I talk much about in the book, but that some people will tell you that if you want to get to your Emerald City or you see it somewhere, that you have to do something outside of you. And maybe that's true. But the first step is already in you. Like Dorothy already had what she needed. She was wearing the shoes. And, and I think, you know, we have what we need inside of us to at least get ourselves started. And I think that is, that's, that's better than somewhere over the rainbow ever could be. Well, and I think that having what we need and believing and knowing that we have what we need are different things. And Absolutely. That's, really, that's where you kick off in the book. And, and I would love for you to kind of break some of that down with us of that, you know, where do these stories come from that we mm -hmm. start telling ourselves that, that are either going to take us away from what we know to be true, that we, that we have what we need or is going to kind of bring us closer to that? Where do they, where do they start? Where do they come from? Well, our stories come from, so I mean, we should go all the way back to the beginning of humankind. Um, humans are storytelling creatures. That's what allowed our species to evolve, but not just outward stories passed through generations, but also the inner narrative that tells you, you know, what you should do, what you shouldn't do, what's too far, what, how, how to stay safe. And so all along our internal, the, the, there's this internal narrator that's built in. It's part of our DNA. It's automated, just like the 
breath and our lungs and the blood through our veins, right? And this whole time it's collecting stories and um, experiences. And, and I know some people say, well, I have a terrible memory, but I think you'll also be shocked at the things that you remember, like the comments that people have said to you, the embarrassing moments, the small little rejections. I'm talking, you could go all the way back to second grade. Like one of the women told a story. um, One of the big limiting beliefs that she has is that she's always going to struggle with her weight. She's just always, she's just always going to struggle with her weight. Um, And she could recall a story from when she was in elementary school and they had weigh-in day. Now my school was pretty, I mean, they, it was pretty cold hearted. We, they did some inappropriate things now that I look back, but weigh-in day where everyone had to get on a scale and she was the biggest one of her whole class, girls and boys. She remembers exactly where the scale was positioned in the school. She remembered exactly what she was wearing. And that one moment she realized, starting to see, starting to explore the stories that we tell ourselves, is a story that she has carried with her and influences how she feels about herself. And that feeling about herself influences the behaviors that she does or doesn't take. So if she wants to, and and we had this conversation as um, as part of the process of putting this book together. She's like, I, you know, I love my body no matter what. I'm like, that's good. Uh, you know, how do you feel? And she she said, I feel like I, I feel like that isn't entirely true. I'm not fully happy with. And that was her own person, like aside from society, whatever. But her story of her always being, I'm always going to struggle with my weight. She would wake up in the morning to go work out, and then she wouldn't because. I'm always going to struggle with my weight. Like she would, there would be a piece of pie and she would eat the piece of pie and then two more pieces of pie because I'm always going to struggle, right? So these stories, so then it's the act of choosing better ones, choosing the stories that will inspire the actions that will create the person she desires to be, and deep down, I think, believes that she can be. So going back and looking at the different stories of when she did feel strong and when she felt her best, using those to inspire future action. Oh, that's so good. And I think so many people can relate to that. We all have those moments. They did that at my school, and I actually did not remember that until you just brought it up. I was like, oh, I have totally... Do you, but now do you remember it? Do you of course. I, I remember where the scale was. Like, I, it's so traumatic. Why are, why are we weighing kids in front of other kids in school? That's, that's insane to me. That's crazy. And we carry it with us. Like you wouldn't think Ooh. that you would remember that. And that all it took is me mentioning it and you all. So it's just evidence right there that these stories are with you, whether you know it or not, they are with you. And depending on who you are and the things that you're challenged with, they, your internal narrative your inner storyteller uses that. Oh, that's so And, you know, and I think that there's a lot of, you know, and I loved how you explained that. And I know you give a ton of real life um, stories and examples in the book, which I love. You share stories in the book, Shocker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> lots of stories. But it's good because I think that people can start to really see like, oh, like this is, this is where my story comes from. This is then how my story starts to create 
the the reality and the experiences that I'm having in my life. And then and then we can start to really figure out how to, if we don't like those stories and if we don't like the reality in which we are shaping for ourselves, how to rewrite the narrative mm-hmm. so we can start getting what we want. And I remember there was one thing in the book that I loved where you talk about the six questions mm-hmm. because I think this is so practical. And I would love to kind of walk through these because I mean, it, these are easy to memorize. And like, I think someone should put them on a post-it and like tattoo, you know, slap it on their head, put it on their <laughs> shirt, tattoo it on them, like whatever they need to do to remember, because these are so good in the awareness that we need to catch ourselves when mm-hmm. we are believing a story and, mm-hmm. and how to shift it so we can step into what we want. And, and step away from what we don't want. So can we chat about that for a moment? Yeah, so so the six questions come, and it was really important to me, Julie, to not just say, you know, tell yourself a better story or believe in yourself or, you know, like some of those, yeah, you can do it because like you said, there's a difference between knowing you should believe in yourself and actually being able to do it. So it's like- And if it were that easy, then we wouldn't be having this conversation. The book wouldn't exist and everyone in the world would have exactly what they wanted. Exactly. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. So this is- Being yourself. (laughs) Like you can do it. And and it's also not just like a look on the bright side, right? Because that doesn't, so, so it's, I wanted to make sure that the book included- a path forward for people. And so these six questions are part of the second step in the process, which is to, once you catch yourself in these limiting stories, it's to analyze them and, and to go. So having that awareness about what you're up against is really important. So one of the six questions is, so where did this, where did this even come from, right? If you have a, so for example, I was, uh, had a conversation with a gentleman, um, and he realized that he has this limiting belief or, or, or this, this thing that's holding him back, which is perfectionism. How many of you like, right? Like he just, everything has to be perfect. And, and it keeps him, it keeps him stuck because he can't, he's like, so where, where is this coming from? And to his shock, he remembered a story from when he was a child of he was really bad at going to bed at night and um, his parents put up a good sleep chart. And if he went to bed perfectly for seven days in a row, he would he would get a gold star for every night he went to bed perfectly. And then after he did it seven nights in a row, he could go pick out a toy. And he's like, I remember exactly where the poster was. I remember what the gold stars looked like. No wonder I struggle with perfectionism. That was just one example of being rewarded for perfection. So where does this, one of the six questions is where does this come from? One of the beautiful things about these six questions and that one in particular is there's an aspect of forgiveness and compassion when you start looking at where your stories come from. You're, instead of beating yourself up about why do I let this hold me back? Why do you could say, wait, I had an entire childhood focused on perfectionism. Now he's not blaming his parents. They thought he was, they thought they were doing the right thing, right? Like this was, but to understand where it came from, you can suddenly say, oh, sweet kid we're not talking about gold stars anymore. Like that isn't, I don't, 
I don't need to operate from those stories anymore. And so then you can move forward. Is it true is another really important question. And to also recognize that truth in in a story sense changes over time, right? So are you holding on to a story that was true at one point and you're holding on to that, but so much more has changed that it is no longer true, but you're anchored down by this old story and forgetting an entire set of stories that happened between way back then and now. Um, why is it there is one of the questions. So, you know, it, it's... It, some of our stories were there to keep us safe for a certain period of time. Some of those stories were there to prop us up. Some of the stories were feeding us in one area of our life, but they're no longer necessary. Um, I think one of my favorite ones, one of the most important ones, well, there's two, I love them all, but is, does this story serve me? So after you've gone through everything else and you're like, well, yes, that's true. I know where it comes from, but does it, serve me now. My friends, as creators, we work so hard creating our content. So we don't want to leave it up to things like an algorithm to determine how successful our online brands and businesses can be. And that is why I love Kajabi. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs like myself build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. And I know they can help you too. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, your passions, your experiences into enriching offers like online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, communities, personalized coaching, and so much more. What I love about Kajabi is that not only does it make it super easy to use, but they don't take a cut of your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. You don't need a huge audience to make a sustainable income online. I talk about that all the time here on the podcast. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures without having hundreds of thousands of followers, and you can too. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business. Go to kajabi.com slash influencer. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash influencer. Go to kajabi.com slash influencer and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. My friends, have you ever thought that you have done the hard part? You have started your business and you have taken that leap from belief into really stepping out and claiming a vision for yourself. But you know that if you want to make money doing what you love, you need other support. You need to grow, you need to scale, you need a marketing strategy, you need a lot of this stuff. Now, of course, I talk so much about these things, right? Like how to identify your target audience, where to find them, which marketing channels to focus on so you're really making the most out of your budget. And of course, how to use things like data to set goals. But there's another great podcast that I love out there that also talks about this stuff, and it's called This Is Small Business. This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, answers so many of these kinds of questions. Whether you're dreaming of starting your business or you're looking to take a part-time side hustle full-time, or maybe you're a few years in and you're ready to scale. This is Small Business is going to give you the practical tips that you can start using today. And I know that if you love these topics on my podcast, you're going to love them on this one too. Make sure to follow This is Small Business on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you don't miss these fantastic episodes. And a big thanks to This is Small Business for sponsoring the show. 
And I love the one, it's what's the payoff? Uh, Yes. What price do I pay? What price do I pay to believe this story? And really what's the payoff of that? Does it mean that, because sometimes payoffs can be like, oh, well then I don't have to take responsibility and I don't have to take accountability. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that is my payoff to continue to believe this story because then it's, it's some kind of external thing that I can't change. So therefore it's not my fault. It becomes the fault. Kind of. Of, the, of, of an outside of an outside right. source. But when you're putting the fate of your life in an outside source, like that's, that is risky business right there, right? Like, why would you? Yeah, exactly. So what price do I pay uh, for these stories? So these questions, and it really is an act in an act of self-awareness and recognizing that all right, so these stories are there. The, the book isn't called Change Your Story, Change Your Life. It's called Choose Your Story. You can't change these stories. They are there, uh, but you can choose either a different way to see them or choose a different story altogether. Oh, that's so good. And I, that's what I hope. Um, I mean, I'm such a fact-bindery brain. So of course, like I went straight to those because I love it. But I yeah. think that for those who who buy the book and, and really, um, dive into it. That's going to be something that I think, um, it's, it's stuck with me. And I think it's going to stick with a lot of people for, you know, for a very long time for years to come with, and not just it. I mean, you, that, that applies to every part of your life. It applies to your business and the way that you parent, um, you know, conversations that you may be having with your spouse, any kind of conflicts or arguments that can kind of come up. Mm-hmm. Like is this story true that I'm telling myself, but, but, you know, with this conflict, is he really saying this to me? Is this true? Has this ever been true? I just, I loved it. I thought it was phenomenal. And um, you, you taught your mom, you talk about family and parenting in the book and, you know, how that aspect of story and, and, you know, you just kind of use an example of the little boy with what he was taught growing up. And, you know, I would love, cause we have a ton of moms that listen to this podcast yeah. To kind of touch on that a little bit in, you know, the stories that we were told to believe, you know, maybe they serve us well. So we want to pass on the stories. Maybe they don't serve us so well. So how do we kind of, you know, choose to create a new story to tell moving forward? Yeah, it's, that's one of, so there's a whole chapter dedicated to family and parenting. And I, um, it's like my, I think it's the last chapter aside from the conclusion. And it's just a very special one to me because there are so many different aspects of this. So yes, we are all built on, we're all built of stories. And some of those stories, a lot of those stories were given to us at a very young age. Um, Sometimes well-intentioned, sometimes not. Sometimes they were a story that served us. Sometimes it was a story that was meant to serve us, but actually ended up holding us back. Like there is, there's a lot to unpack when it comes to families and generations of storytelling. Um, and even, you know, to see yourself where you are, I notice a lot. I'm, uh, a lot of the self storytelling work that I've had to do is centered around me as a mother, because all of my stories of my mother are very different, um, than, than me as a mother. My mom wanted more than anything to be a stay-at-home mom. She went to she went to every field trip. She was in all of our classrooms. She would bring a guitar on the bus to the field trips and my whole class would sing along with her. Like Christmas was magical. Birthdays were, I mean, it was. And 
um, that was really difficult for me then when I could like barely remember to send a pumpkin to school with my kid for decorate a pumpkin day. Right. Like that was, and so, and so, but, but you have this conflict of like what a mother should be. Cause you have all of these stories. And if you're not that mother or that parent, it can be very challenging. And I went through many difficult years thinking I was doing it wrong. Um, and the, the importance of separating their story from your story and, and respect and honoring both if they're, if they're healthy, if they're healthy stories, um, but not being afraid to own your story. And then the stories going forward for your children, I, one of the most important things I believe that a parent can do is equip their children with their children's own stories. So instead of just saying to a child, wow, you're, you're so, you're so resilient. We hear that a lot, actually, right now, the kids are so resilient. Um, that's fine. That's, that's nice to say, but there are specific moments that I remember of my kids in particular, even over the course of these past two years where they were asked to do things that no other child in a century has been asked to do. Right. And, and the, and the chaos and the rules that they're managing every day to go to school, like there are stories of certain days that I can tell back to them and say, do you know that, do you remember the day that this happened? You can handle anything that comes your way because you know what? Times are going to get uncertain for them when they are in high school or when they go to college and they're going to, they're going to feel shaky and they're going to question who they are. But if we equip them with the stories and not just, oh, you've always been a hard worker or, oh, you're, you've always been so kind, but equip them with the stories of that kindness or of that hard work, the the um, the strength at which they can operate in the world, that they'll have the stories to know who they are. And I just think that that is one of the most important things we can do as parents is to tell their stories back to them. Oh, I think that's so good. And I love the, the, specific, the specificity of that. Like, is, is yeah. That yeah. 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 Specificness. Yeah. Yeah. Specificness. <laughs> yeah. Um, because you're right. It's when you make it kind of general and blanket, it doesn't, doesn't hit the same way as like really taking their brain back to that moment so that, so their sense memory can really start to absorb that up. And it's amazing if you watch, um, if, if you start doing this even right now, um, I share an example in the book of my son, when he was really little, he was going to pasta night. It was the first time he was going with a friend and we weren't going along with them. He was like in kindergarten or first grade and they were family friends, but he was so nervous about going to pasta night. What was it going to look like? He didn't know. And, and he was worried about the kind of noodles they were going to serve. Like, what if it wasn't the kind of noodles that he liked, right? Like a new situation was kind of a nervous kid in that way. So he went to pasta night. He had an amazing time. Turns out pasta night also has bounce houses and like a petting zoo and all the different kinds of pastas, including his favorite one. So he came home and he told me about pasta night. 
And I like saved that story. I had him retell it to me. And I said it to him that night. I said, so you were kind of nervous about trying something new, but in the end, it was really fun. And he said, yes. Well, then a few weeks, actually, it's right before kindergarten, because a few weeks later, he went to kindergarten screening and we were sitting out in the hallway and he was really nervous about it. And I said, hey, remember pasta night? And I had him tell me the story about pasta night. And I said, what did you learn at pasta night? He's like, new things that can be scary, but then they can be really fun. I said, so, and then just then he went in and went into kindergarten screening and had a wonderful time, loved the woman. She ended up being his teacher. It was great. Then there was another thing. And by the third time it came around, he actually said, I'm a little, it was like summer camp or something. He's like, I'm a little nervous about this, but I know just like pasta night, that new things can be scary at first, but then they can be really fun. And I was like, I, I will say, I feel pat myself on the back for that one, but, but they pick up on this very quickly. Uh, they, they know to rely on, they can rely on those stories themselves. It's just, again, it's equipping them, um, with the strength of knowing. I love that. So good. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think that all of us can take something away from that. I know I will. I'm sitting here thinking like, as you're talking, you know, it's like you, as a mom, you start thinking about those things. And, Mm -hmm. and I think that it's so, for some reason, I think women, because I am one, so I'll just kind of generalize it. it. Um, you know, we're so quick to, to take on other people's stories, especially like shame stories as our own. And remembering that that doesn't have to be ours, I think is huge. And then also like remembering that it doesn't have to be our child either. I mean, that's where you get to kind of break that, which yes. is a gift. Yeah. I, I really think that that is the untangling of your story from someone else's is such a liberating uh, experience. And um, the more we can do that, Additionally, it leads to more compassion for others to to know that wow, they might be they might be all wrapped up in a different story. And you hear that quote like, "Oh, be nice, you never know what someone's going through," which is which is definitely true, but if you start to see all the stories that you're made of, imagine all the stories that someone else is made of and how all of our stories interact with each other. There's a lot of room for self-compassion but also compassion for others. That's so good. Um, before we wrap up, I want to talk about something else because I think that it, it's an, it's, it's kind of like once we do this, it, it's part of this, and I think that it can also be extended from this as well. Because a big, a big question that I get or what I see in my community, and I'm sure you've seen it in yours as well, is that women will come up to me and they'll say, "Well, Julie, I'm not a storyteller. Yeah, I don't know how to tell story. You know, I can't." I can't speak on stages or I can't write a book or, you know, I'm afraid to show up on social media because I don't know what to say. I don't have, I don't have stories. What do you have to say about that? Ah, yes. Well, here's it. So, so on two levels, number one, um, in terms of the internal stories you're telling you, you, I'm sorry for better or worse, you are a great storyteller, right? Like this is, again, this is innate. This is happening. I mean, the next time you're in the shower and you're pumping out the um, conditioner, I want you to pause and say, what story am I telling myself right now? I guarantee there's a story that you were telling in that moment. So that is just, that is 
that is part of being a human. You don't have to work on that. Uh, as far as I don't have a story to tell on stage, I don't have a story to tell on social media. What is my story? My story isn't big enough. Um, there is, this is an entirely different, this is an entire conversation in and of itself. Uh, but the number one, the number one misconception when it comes to stories, both outward and inward, is that we we judge them too quickly as to what counts as a story. Um, a supportive comment from a friend that makes you feel really good can be a story that you tell yourself on a day where you don't feel bad or on a day that you feel bad to help you feel better. That can be a story that you choose inwardly. Um, a really small story that illustrates why you do what you do or the moment that you knew that this is the path you wanted to pursue. It could be a story of a thank you card that someone sent you after you first offered your service to them. We think that in order for a story to count as a story, put it in little air quotes, that it has to be big, it has to be dramatic, it has to be appropriate for a silver screen, and that is just sad and false. Um, little stories are happening all the time, and it is just your job to see them in that way. And I will say, like outward storytelling, it does take practice, practice is just something that you do as a human anyway. So yeah, everyone has lots of stories and even very small stories can make a big difference. I love that. Thank you so much. Um, all right. So one last question, what does influence mean to you? Mm. Influence means mattering to that's interesting that I said that mattering but even just to one person and when you said that I thought about like the matter in the universe yeah yeah it was weird it, the word just came out I was like well where what is th where is that going so but yeah we can I think we also underestimate on a daily basis, the influence that we have on our, because it's become such a word and it, it comes with all of this, but like it can be influencing a friend to, you know, call, make, you know, reach out to that person for a promotion or I don't know, like it could be anything, right? Um, we underestimate the influence that is right at our fingertips. Awesome. Okay, Kendra, where can everyone get their hands on this book? Yeah, it is available where books are sold. So you can go to Barnes & Noble. You can do Amazon, bookshop.org. You can find a local bookstore. Uh, yeah, you'll find it in Audible. I'll read it to you. If you just can't get enough of my voice, I will read it to you. <laughs> like We like to be read to on this podcast. Yeah, there you go. Podcast listeners. So they, exactly. They like and um, when you guys get this, I mean, I always suggest with a book, especially one like this, buy it on Audible so you can hear it, but then also buy a hard copy. Mm. That way you can listen to it and read it at the same time. I just think that your brain, your brain, every brain learns differently, but to the, the auditorial side, it's going to click off something in your brain and then reading it. And if you have a highlighter, like get ready, because you're going to want to yeah. highlight and write things out. 
But um, I always recommend buying both versions and, and, and listening and reading at the same time because it just unlocks more. So mm-hmm. that's my suggestion to you all. Not that you asked me, but there it is. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Kendra, thank you so much for being here and sharing this amazing work. Um, I can't wait for it to get out in the world. And will you just share where people can find you, follow you? Yeah. I know that you're, you speak on a lot of amazing stages. So if there's opportunities to see you in that capacity as well. Yeah. So I do travel around. So maybe I'll see you at a conference at some point coming up in 2022. Otherwise I'm on uh, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And is it yeah. Kendra, Kendra Hall? Kendra, right? Kendra Hall. Yep. I think on Facebook, it's Kendra Hall fan. That just shows how old my Facebook pages because that's when remember when you were like a fan of pages right. do you remember all those pages that I never got into this because I thought it was silly but like be a fan of the other side of the pillow or like be a fan of the like there were all those really random ones anyway that's where I am <laughs> I know the fan pages so I, know. I know all so. right Miss Kendra Thank you so much for your time. And so good to see you. I love chatting and we'll be in touch. I'm sure we've got a lot. We've got more to talk about. Yes, we do. As always, thank you so much for joining me today and every week here on the Influencer Podcast. If you're wanting to dive deeper into the topics and discussions that we have here, I would encourage you to head over to juliesolomon.net and sign up for my weekly newsletter. It is in our amazing newsletter community that we are able to really support you on a much larger scale. And I love to do a ton of amazing things that I send inside your inbox every single week. So just head over to juliesolomon.net. You'll see a little spot there that you can add your information in and you will get on the list and start receiving all all of that good stuff.